we inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to AFA at the Core. This is Rick Green, America's Constitution coach, former Texas legislator, and your host on Tuesdays and Thursdays here at AFA at the Core. Thank you for joining us today. Appreciate you being part of the show and being a part of the solution. As we often talk about here, it is so important for us not just to pontificate, not just to, to think about, talk about all the things that are wrong with America or the things that could be done to fix it, but to actually do those things that will fix the nation, save the nation. Not that it's ever going to be a utopia. Let's not be ridiculous, right? Let's not be silly. We're not. There's no such thing. There's no utopian government or utopian society this side of heaven. We are flawed human beings living in a depraved world, and it's never going to be perfect. But man, oh man, can it be better? Yes, absolutely. Does the American system provide the best opportunity for the most free, the most uh, productive, the most prosperous society? Absolutely it does. At least if you look at history with any objective standard at all, nothing has ever come close to what we experience here in the United States of America. Now, have we had our better days? Hmm, you know, I, w- I would say there's there's been some um, some better days. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd say we're in a valley right now. We're at a, at a point where we're uh, definitely crossways at each other's throats, essentially. Uh, I would say it's not as bad as 1863, for instance, in the middle of the Civil War and as you might recall, last week during Thanksgiving, we read Lincoln's proclamation from 1863 after Gettysburg and uh, just uh, in the probably the worst point of the Civil War. And he was still thankful and he was still acknowledging the bountiful blessings that the Lord had given. And I think we can do the exact same uh, again, not as bad as then. And some might argue with me on that and say, yeah, well, maybe we're not um you know, complete civil war. We're not, not literally lining up a, a, across the field from each other. But uh, look at the look at the you know crime rate. Look at the murder rate. Look at the um, destruction of, of of cities. Look at the um, just the, the 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 hatred towards each other and the canceling of each other and all those things. Well, I mean, all those things are bad, and that's why I say we're definitely in a lull. I think we're in a valley. We're we're in a valley because we're we're reaping what we sowed. We're we're literally living with the consequence of the actions that we took as a nation for the last, you know, you pick a, you could say for the last 40 years, you could say for the last 100 years, uh, socialism and and the cultural Marxist agenda have been getting poured into our culture for about 100 years. I mean, really, the education system started going that direction all the way back in the 1920s. And uh, and so we have we have essentially raised multiple generations to believe no longer in the American value system, but believe in cultural Marxism and believe in, in dividing each other and, and believe in this this new definition of, of equity. You know, not equality under the law, but equity, that, that somehow it's government's job to make everyone equal in terms of their, their finances, in terms of their opportunities, in terms of, of uh, the outcomes. And of course, that, that might sound nice, but it never, ever, ever, ever works. Socialism, as we say at Patriot Academy, is bad, very, very bad. Uh, it does not work. It always fails. It always destroys nations that, that adopt it and, and are willing to, to use it in any way. And so America's uh, learning that lesson the hard way right now, folks. We, we, have, we have bought into that lie in our education system, in our, in our uh, media, 
our entertainment pushes it. Uh, it's it's everywhere. And as we've said before, it's because the left controls every major institution in the nation. And our job is to interrupt that supply line of information, if you will, and stop the brainwashing of our people and start getting them to once again love uh, debate and, and, and truth and information and being willing to seek that out instead of labeling an opposing view as misinformation and preventing it from even being able to be spoken. Instead, Use your reasoning skills and, and, and actually prove that the comment is misinformation. Misinformation should never be illegal. Misinformation should be, uh, if you're, if you're going to call the opposing view, misinformation certainly shouldn't be illegal. Uh, it can be proven wrong. That's what, that's what data and facts and debate and all of that is all about. And uh, so anyway, I'm going down the, going down the rabbit hole here, but I, I just, um, man, I, I, am, I am watching socialism take over in so many ways in our nation. And it's not complicated how to defeat it, but it does take hard work. It does take us being willing to dive in, to study, to, to spend the time uh, taking courses like our Biblical Citizenship in Modern America, um, going to programs where we can interact with others that share our views. I think that's a really important thing, to build community and get around other people that share your, your biblical perspective, that share your love of freedom, that share your um, your, your, your passion for parental rights and, and all of the things that we talk about here on AFA at the, at the core. But you've got you've to find people that you can uh, build that community with. It's, that's one reason I, I always mention biblical citizenship in modern America, because we have thousands of those classes all over the nation happening, 15,000 Constitution coaches now, and, and I hear the stories every day of, of these um, groups gathering in homes or churches or wherever, and the hope that it gives people, the information, the uh, the, the grounding and, and, and the ability to then articulate what they believe. Most people know in their gut something's wrong, but they don't know how to articulate it. They don't know how to answer when other people say things that they know are not right historically, constitutionally, biblically. And so that's what we do is we equip people with truth and we give them a chance to come together. And uh, if you'd like to take one of those classes, visit PatriotAcademy.com today. We give them away for free and you can even sign up for a class that's maybe happening in your neighborhood or, or uh, somewhere in your community. Got a couple of great guests coming up later in the program. Uh, Congresswoman Lauren Boebert's going to be with us and uh, Representative-elect, I guess delegate-elect is the right terminology for West Virginia, Elias Coop gonzalez So two of the victories from election night on, uh, well, I guess Lauren Boebert, it was a victory on election night technically, but we didn't really know for another, what was it, 10 days or so before they finally declared Lauren the uh, the, the victor there. Anyway, we're going to have them on uh, later in the program. I want to highlight that and talk a little bit about the importance of, uh, of of getting good people trained when they're young, and and making sure that they um, you know have uh, a chance to, to to identify their passion and and figure out what God's called them to, and then to get out there and live it and, and give them the skills they need to do that well, and uh, and that takes time. And there that again we do at Patriot Academy, and the, the younger you, the younger you start with young young people, the the, the better. Um, chance you have of them ended up in the right direction. In fact, I heard a great story from a friend of mine up in uh, Idaho, and uh, he was telling me about the difference in, uh, this is an, a shooting example, but it has to do with youth in the next generation and raising them them upright. But he was talking about whenever you're, whenever you're, uh, here, I'll just share it with you exactly. He said, if you're using a, um, a 300 uh, Winchester uh, magazine and you're shooting uh, long range, a 10 mile hour win for the last hundred yards of a thousand yard shot will move the point of impact 0.9 inches so you you got a, a a 10 mile an hour wind but it's it's hitting the bullet at the last 10 percent of the shot okay now so just imagine you're shooting a 1,000 yard shot you you fire the weapon 
And in the last hundred yards, in that in that millisecond of that last hundred yards, the wind is blowing at a ten mile an hour uh, speed, and it, it's gonna it's only gonna make your shot move. 0.9 inches. So you're still going to maybe not hit the bullseye, but you're still going to be within a two or three inch um, circle there. Okay, now imagine that wind is closer to you. So now that, that point of impact where the wind is impacting your bullet is right at where you fire. So now instead of the wind blowing close to the target, it's blowing close to you. That same wind, that same 10 mile per hour wind, that same push is now, because it was at the beginning, uh, early in the shot, is going to move your point of impact, not just a little bit more, not just twice as much, 55.2 inches at the 1,000-yard mark. So now you're going to miss the target completely if you didn't factor in that win. This, my friend, uh, is why it is so important to have early intervention in our culture, in children, in our families, it's at the beginning. The sooner you can get to the problem, because if you've got someone drifting away from truth, if you've got someone drifting away from uh, the principles of liberty and the things that we talk about here at AFA at the core, if you've got them drifting away, if you let them drift from the beginning and you then inter- try to intercede in their life in their 20s or their 30s or their 40s or later in life, it is so much harder. They have already drifted so far away from the target. But if you intervene early then you can stop that drift, you can adjust that drift, and, and, and you've got a much better chance of getting them back on track. I just think that's a great analogy, and, and I think when you hear from our guests today, you're going to be encouraged to, to know that at Patriot Academy, we're intervening early. We're intercepting the leftist agenda to indoctrinate our children, and uh, we're raising them right, and we're getting them some good, solid, solid truth. Now, let me give you the opposite of that. In the last part of this segment, uh, we've watched the, um, unfortunately, we, we, we you know, we kind of knew the Destruction of Marriage Act was going to, to pass. We were hoping that Mike Lee's amendment would get on. Uh, it did not uh, make it. it. It failed by one vote. And, uh, and then for the final passage of the Destruction of Marriage Act, uh, you, had about, um, you had a dozen Republicans actually join Democrats in destroying marriage in this country. And um, so I just want to read an article to you real quick. This is out of the Washington Stand. Uh, let's see, WashingtonStand.com is the website. Uh, Suzanne Bowdy, uh, and this article is fantastic. She said, for conservatives who spent the better part of six months in the trenches for an institution Republicans have always stood for, there were plenty of sad storylines from Tuesday night's marriage vote. Perhaps the saddest, at least to the movement's veterans, was watching men and women they trusted try to justify the abandonment of their longtime principles. Some didn't bother. Others, like Senator Todd Young of Indiana, took to the pages of their state's newspapers to mitigate the damage back home. And then there was Cynthia Loomis of Wyoming, whose tragic and flawed thought process was laid bare for everyone to see and lament. In an all-black outfit fitting for a funeral of freedom, Loomis talked about the personal journey that led her to betray her faith and base. It was a painful exercise in accepting admonishment, Loomis admitted. There was, quote, fairly brutal self-soul-searching, unquote, which she admitted was, quote, entirely avoidable had I simply chosen to vote no. For a full minute, Loomis launched into a series of compelling reasons to oppose the bill, arguments that should have talked her out of this misguided path. Quote, the Bible teaches that marriage is between one man and one woman. I accept God's word, including God's word as to the definition of marriage. I support my church's adherence to that biblical pronouncement. I support Wyoming statute, which codifies that definition. I find solace in people and organizations that share my beliefs. Well, sounds like she's about to vote no on the Destruction of Marriage Act. But then, in a surprisingly candid twist, Loomis talked about the hostility she's experienced from the left for her views. 
Quote, I and many like me have been vilified and despised by some who disagree with our beliefs. They do not withhold bitter invective. They use their own hateful speech to make sure that I and others who believe as I do now that we are hated and despised by them, unquote. And, and, and listen to what's happening. So this senator is essentially saying, I believe marriage should be one man and one woman, but because I've been attacked, oh no, they're just so mean to me, I'm going to betray my convictions. That's exactly what she says. She goes, quote, these are turbulent times for our nation. Americans address each other in more crude and cruel times than ever in my lifetime. Those who advocate for tolerance, we do well by taking this step, not embracing or validating each other's devoutly held views, which is, side, side note, that's exactly what this does, but by the simple act of tolerating them. And that, Madam President, explains my vote. Well, the author of this article goes on to say, unfortunately, it explains much more than the vote. It explains the collapse of Christian courage. And it goes back to what we talked about before and we talk about on the program often. The Bible does not say to go out there and just be nice. We're supposed to be kind. You know, uh, in fact, the author of this article said, decency has never required compromise. That's a great line. A fact that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis should have proven to every Republican by now, and even if we did redefine tolerance to include the discarding of our sincerely held beliefs, as Loomis argues, guess what? Those are terms the other side will never agree to. That's exactly right. That's why this is the destruction of Marriage Act. And, and, and this, you know, in fact, she quotes my friend Joseph Backholm at, at Family Research Council, who says, by voting for the disrespect for Marriage Act and creating a federal cause of action against those who hold the faith, she claims to share, uh, she doesn't merely tolerate them. She gives weapons to those who di- she disagrees with. Most importantly, Senator Loomis seems to be missing the fact that tolerance is not a Christian virtue. We should be kind to those we disagree with, and certainly the Constitution provides equal protection to everyone, regardless of their beliefs, but just as Scripture never requires every relationship to be treated the same, as Loomis acknowledged, the Constitution doesn't either. As Christians, not only are we not required to tolerate everything, there are some things we are forbidden from tolerating. Exactly right. Exactly right, Joseph. He's so good, by the way. If you don't follow Joseph back home, you you should. Um, He's exactly right. And this is what happens when Christians think they have to play nice, folks, we, we are literally unwilling to stand for truth because we think it's not nice. We think that that's, that's biblical? No. We are to be kind, yes. And standing for truth is kindness. You're actually loving people when you tell the truth. You're not loving them when you lie and say what you're doing is just fine. It won't have any harm for you or your family or, 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 or your neighborhood or the community or our country. We're lying to people so that we can feel good about supposedly being tolerant and nice. And Rome is burning as we do it. Well, we can turn that around, folks. It's going to take time. It's going to take hard work. It's going to take raising up a generation that gets it and that's willing to fight for these things. You're going to hear from, from two of those uh, in the in the rest of our hour together this afternoon. So stay with us. We're going to take a quick break. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach. You are listening to AFA at the Core. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Acts 17.26 conveys to us the reality that we were born and placed in the 21st century by God's specific design. He determined before time where we would live and when we would live there. If you're in Minnesota, Mississippi, or Maine, God put you there on purpose. He's not surprised by the darkness we see around us, nor is he caught off guard by it. In fact, he specifically prepared for it by making sure you're alive right now. God can do whatever he wants, but he's chosen to use you and me as ambassadors of his kingdom. We are his torches to light up the darkness. 
Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. When a girl is experiencing common mental health struggles like anxiety and depression, she will often confide in a friend. That means that even if your girl isn't struggling, she could face a friend in crisis. Before a friend confides in your girl about these serious issues, teach her that she has the power to keep her friends safe. Equip your girl to help her friend by getting the real help she deserves. While she might be the first person to know about serious symptoms, she cannot be the last to know. Come alongside your daughter in praying for her friend, talking with her parents and other trusted adults, like a pastor, a school counselor, and remind her that no matter what, she did the right thing in seeking help. We are all called to raise up the next generation of Christian leaders. You can learn more about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. So right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for health care. And here's why. Not only is it open enrollment for a lot of people, it's also a time you can join MediShare and save even more than usual. And it's true. The typical family switching to MediShare saves 500 bucks or more a month, which is obviously huge for a lot of people. But what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate compared to health insurance. Double. There are 400,000 members. They've shared over $4 billion in medical bills, and it really is a great community, too. People encourage and pray for each other. And here's the thing. If you join MediShare Complete right now, they'll waive your new member fees, and you'll save an additional 10% off all of 2023. That's right. No fee to join, 10% off every month of next year, but it's a very limited time offer. You have to sign up before December 31st. Great savings, great health care. Find out more. Call now, 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core. Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach, with you this afternoon. Thanks so much for joining us and for being a patriot and for being someone that wants to be a good citizen. You know, our, our, our course, Biblical Citizenship in Modern America, is all about helping each and every one of us to become better citizens. And not just to be good citizens, but to be biblical citizens. And we need not only biblical citizens, we need biblical leaders. We need biblical leaders that understand God's Word, that have that foundation, and they govern from that perspective and that worldview. Of course, that's what we do at Patriot Academy. We, we train up young people all across the country in our leadership congresses taking place at state capitals across the nation. But we also train up folks on the Constitution to be able to run in their local races as soon as possible. So a lot of people take our Constitution classes, our biblical citizenship in modern America classes, and then they turn around and run for school board or, or county commissioner or city council or sometimes state legislature and once in a while even for Congress. And one of those that ran for Congress and won, and we've, we've got a couple now in, in Congress that are graduates of the Patriot Academy programs, but one of those that, that won last time, this time on re-election, but last time uh, is Lauren Boebert from Colorado. And and I didn't even know that she had taken one of our classes, got a, 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 a tweet from her that um, she wanted everybody to take Constitutional Live and how much she enjoyed it. And then we run a few programs together and, and uh, got to be friends. And then she came out and actually keynoted our Patriot Academy dinner last fall. It was just incredible. And I was so blown away 
by her biblical knowledge. I mean, it was the scripture just comes out of her, and and which tells me that she's putting it in right because out of the heart the mouth speaks, and and it's just phenomenal that that you know not only is she a great mom and a wife and a business person and all those things, but she's a great member of Congress and she's a true biblical citizen. And that's what we need in leadership, frankly, at every level. But And, and we're getting there. I, I don't want you to think there's only one or two good people out there serving us in public office. Ever since I started working with, with wall builders 20 years ago, I have had the privilege to meet so many people that ran for office because they read David Barton's book, Original Intent, or they saw our program, American Heritage, or you know listened to, to the wall builders live radio program or something. Somehow, somewhere along the way, they came across us and, and they started learning a biblical perspective of how to treat your neighbors, of how to govern. You know, the Bible speaks to every single one of these things. And since then, I mean, there's been thousands of people that have gotten elected to different offices as a result of that. And many of them have come through our more in-depth programs. Our Military Patriot Academy program is is one of the ones that takes place at a Capitol in the summer. Our, our Youth Leadership Program, Leadership Congress, it takes place at the Capitol. And then, of course, all these constitution classes but I, I am thrilled when i hear people talk about running for school board or whatever it is and uh, and and honestly those are even more important than than being a member of congress honestly that has more impact on your life but to have some members in congress that really understand these things is huge it's critical and it's huge and so we are really excited to have congresswoman lauren bobert with us here on afa at the core congresswoman congrats on re-election and thank you thank you thank you for all you're doing for us in washington dc Oh, thank you. It's an honor. Uh, I'm so excited that I get to serve uh, Colorado Third District for two more years. Well, a, a crazy race down to the wire. Had to wait uh, days and days and days and and uh, ultimately close enough to have a recount. But your opponent conceded. So it's it, it's over and done with. And you're you're headed back. And I uh, just got to ask you, you know, now that you're going in, you're no longer a freshman, you know, and and, uh, you know, you're going to be leading the next freshman class, hopefully being an example for them of how to stand up to the swamp. How excited are you that, that we've got new members that are like-minded and, and want to be conservative firebrands like yourself? Yes, we have a lot of great new members. We have Anna Paulina Luna from Florida. We have Eli Crane from Arizona. Uh, we, we have a lot of great folks that have come in in this freshman class. And I had the honor of, um, of having them for a House Freedom Caucus pre-orientation um, that goes before the regular orientation that freshmen receive when uh, they are member-elect. And so we were able to have a very concentrated session of saying what things are really like in Washington, D.C., uh, before the establishment gets a hold of them and says, hey, look, if you do the things that we tell you to do, you could have a really great career here. I don't think any of them came to Washington, D.C. for a career, and I don't think any of them like the way things are done in Washington, D.C. Uh, frankly, America doesn't like the way things are done in Washington, D.C., so why come up there and do things the way they've always been done? So I'm, I'm very excited to lead them into this and to be in the majority it's going to be very exciting to actually put the policies forward that i've been talking about for two years and uh, and hopefully see those implemented I, I love it what a difference and and of course you'll be telling us that here in a couple of m- months just how different it is in the majority and actually getting to enact a lot of these things like you said that you've been talking about and speaking of the things you've been talking about your book my american life fantastic i mean Absolutely fantastic. I was I was really impressed, Lauren. I mean, I, I've known you a little while, and, and, and of course, I love uh, what you're doing and what you stand for. But getting to hear 
why you believe what you believe and, and your mm-hmm. life story. For, it, it was really, really encouraging. I really encourage people to listen to it, read it, uh, whether you get it on Audible or, or, you, or you go read it. It is absolutely the American story. I mean, it, this is what makes American values so great. And the fact that you're now in Congress representing those values, uh, I just think that's uh, more people need to know that. And so they need to read your book so they know the details. Yes, it was very exciting uh, writing the book. Uh, I had a couple of months where I was on a lot of planes uh, traveling to Washington, D.C. right after my election. And so I wrote the bulk of the book then on airplanes and uh, and then added in a few little things during the editing process as uh, as time was going along serving. But But you're right, living through tough times and difficult circumstances and even under uh, the Democrat policies that are still being pushed today, being stuck in that cycle of poverty and dependency, uh, it, it really um, shows me the, 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 just the stark contrast of, um, of living under that and actually going out and producing a, uh, a life to be proud of. I'm, I'm so grateful that I started working at 15 years old and earned that first paycheck that taught me that I could do a better job taking care of myself than government ever had. And I began to develop these conservative values and live them out. And I'm only in Congress because I want more people to experience the American dream. And I have four boys uh, who I don't want to live in a socialist nation. So I'm doing everything that I can to prevent America from becoming a socialist nation and, uh, and keeping the American dream alive. So, you know, when, when the establishment says, you know, this is the way we've always done things here, so this is how you do it, that doesn't settle with me because I want to make a difference and I want change. I, I'm not there to, to be a congresswoman forever. I'm there to affect uh, change and, uh, and to make people's lives better. Uh, and, and so there's uh, just a special motivation in serving in the House of Representatives. It really made me appreciate why you're able to withstand the onslaught that 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 you're constantly bombarded with. You know, and James says, count it all joy when you experience various trials. I mean, that's where we get our perseverance, become perfect and complete, lacking in nothing, all that good stuff. And I and, and I thought about that as I was reading your book. I was like, this is why she can let that stuff roll off her back because when they attack you, it's not just it's not just catty. It's beyond catty. I mean, they are <laughs> vicious when they come after you. And yet you went through so many tough times, you know, literally from a young age. I, I wonder, would you agree with that? That was my assessment anyway, reading the book, that it, it God used it to make you tough, preparing you for what you're doing now. Absolutely. You know, there, there's nothing that God will allow you to go through that he hasn't given you the grace to overcome. And, uh, you know, Paul, the Apostle Paul went through so many things. I mean, he was he was beaten with rods. Uh, he was shipwrecked and he was stoned and left for dead and he was imprisoned and we could go on and on and on. And, uh, you know, there was a point where he even cried out to God and, and said, there's a messenger from Satan sent to buffet me, a thorn in my side. And, you know, God didn't say, oh, Paul, I, I didn't realize you were going through all these trials and tribulation. I'm so sorry. I, I missed that. No, he, he simply said, my grace is sufficient. And Paul had a revelation in that and said, well, well, then I, I will I will rejoice in my weakness, because when I'm weak, you are strong. And, uh, you know, I I was actually um, just encouraging some of my colleagues um, with a couple of scriptures from John 15, 16 and Ephesians 1, 4. Uh, In John 15, 16, uh, Jesus says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that I, that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask in the Father in my name, he will give it to you. And so to, to think about that, that Jesus 
chose us. In Ephesians 4, it says, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. That is just so encouraging. God had a plan for me, for all of us, for this time, yeah. and uh, and he planned it before the foundation of the world. And so anything that comes our way, he, he has already equipped us. He has called us and justified us and glorified us and given us the ability to come out of the other side victorious. We, we are more than conquerors, and we are victors. And so to have this victim mentality when the left attacks me it is not something I ever consider. I, I am not defined by that. That is not where I get my, my worth from. Uh, I, I was purchased at a high price by the blood of Jesus, mm. and that is where um, I set my sights for, for, um, for my value. And so they could say all the things that they want, um, but I know that Jesus himself chose me for this time, as he has so many other people um, who are doing amazing things right now in this time. You just demonstrated what, you know, what Kara and I, my, my wife and I love so much about you. I mean, the scripture just flows from you. And, and, and even at the, the event at, uh, at John Rich's house, when you're in a, in a, in a world that is, uh, you know, uh, um, not as—you're not in a church, uh, and yet you were you were fearless. I mean, you, you quoted Scripture. You told so many stories that were so powerful, and it was just like—I mean, that we, we just love that about you. And, and I wanted to ask you, because I've been on shows with you, you know, where we're both being interviewed and, and, and the Scripture comes out, but those are Christian shows or, 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 or whatever. And, and I, I'm just impressed that you're still just as bold, but you're wise about how far to go with that. You know, David Barton always talks about thinking biblically, speaking secularly. And here's the question I'm ultimately getting to. How did you get to the point that the, that the Scripture did pour out of your heart and your mind? Like, how did you learn those Scriptures and, and get immersed into God's Word? Where was that, that turning point in your life that you decided God's Word is worthy of that much study mm-hmm. that you now have it just literally coming out and almost every time you talk about a subject? I'm so happy that you've asked this because (laughs) this is some of my favorite stuff. Um, So I I was actually born again at three years old. And, um, you know, it was was interesting because Sister Charlotte, uh, she had us there in in a Sunday school class. And she was telling us about Jesus coming and living in our heart. And, you know, we could, we could go and be with him in heaven when we're gone from this earth. And she said, come real close if you want to pray. And, you know, I, I was a little afraid to get close to her because Sister Charlotte had a mustache. <laughs> and, uh, and it kind of scared me. Um, don't worry, I'm 35 years old and battle my own mustache. You know, whatever a man sows, he shall reap. Praise uh, the Lord. Uh, but, but we prayed this prayer, and she said, now Jesus lives in your heart, and you'll be with him in heaven someday. And I just had this thought, like, it must be so boring in there. Poor Jesus. Why would he want to live in such a small place? And, and I really didn't know much more for the next 20 years of my life. Hmm. Um, I, I started to have children, my husband and I, and I, I had determined I wanted to raise them in church. Um, if nothing more than for a checkbox at the time, uh, you know, the good mom of the week, you know, I took my kids to church. Mm. But when I started to go, revelation came to me. I, I began to read my Bible for the first time in my life, and I, I welcomed the Holy Spirit in my life. And in John fourteen twenty six, it says that the Holy Spirit will bring to remembrance everything that Jesus has said, and I hold him to it. God says, test me. Mm. <laughs> test me in this. Um, you know, he's talking about tithes and, and offerings, but, but I test him in the Word. And, and I said, no, Holy Spirit, you said that you would bring to remembrance 
everything that Jesus has said, all the promises of God, everything that belongs to me in Christ. And just meditating on that word each and every day, it's amazing how that word becomes life, and it applies to so many areas, every area of your life. It's not compartmentalized. Uh, it, it's meant to flow through every area of your life. And uh, and so just being in church with a, a good pastor, uh, a good fellowship with the body, um, that has helped me grow so much. There was a season where I was ministering in the jail. And before I went there, you know, I felt that I was unworthy um, to go and uh, uh preach uh, the gospel. And I said, I'm not a preacher. I'm not a pastor. And my, my, my pastor pulled me aside and said, no, you, you have been called to the ministry of reconciliation. We all as Christians are called to this ministry of reconciliation. And ministry is simply service. You are called to serve others and to tell them that they have been reconciled to God, that God is not mad at them, that he's not angry with them, that he wants to bless them and he loves them and he sent his son for them. And, uh, you know, so I was able to go into the jail and minister to these women and really serve from my heart to them. And uh, and it really just has become a part of my life. Uh, and I, I, I know that this is truth that I could stand on, that it is solid. And I even tell young folks when I meet them all throughout the country if there's two things that you do in your life, I want it to be read your Bible and read the Constitution, because if you know the truth, no one could ever deceive you with a lie. Oh, wow. Man, so good. So, so good. That's that's why we say to people, you want to save the country? Get in God's Word. Then you'll know truth, and you you won't be you know deceived. You'll be able to repel the lie. And then, of course, as citizens in the Constitution, 100% spot on. Uh, Congresswoman, got to let you go. I, I, I just, I, I, I know you got a million things to do. I'm just thankful you gave us some time, and and just so thankful for where God has you, the example that you're setting, and the, and the, just how tough you are. Uh, uh, that's why they hate you because the scripture comes out of you because you represent uh, so many good things. And and for every negative thing you hear out there, for every attack, just know there are millions of us that are not just cheering you on. We're praying for you. We're with you. And so God bless you, and may you be our representative in Washington. DC. Thank you so much. Yes, that that truth certainly is what makes us free, and and that's why they hate it so much because um, they they hate the truth that that enables freedom in our lives. Uh, and so that's something that I'm con- happy to continue walking out and and communicating and uh, just watching freedom flow in this country. So good, folks. That was Lauren Bobert, Congresswoman from Colorado. Uh, privileged to have her on the program and. Honor to, to call her a Patriot Academy graduate. She did Constitutional Live and talks about how much that helps her in, uh, in Washington, D.C. and understanding the proper jurisdictions of government and applying those things. But I really recommend her book as well. Just a great American story. It truly is. And and I, I'm praying and hoping that, that we get more like her. In fact, I, I know that we're getting more like her. In fact, we're going to have a guest in the next segment that's a, a, a young, uh, newly elected state legislator in West Virginia that I believe will be uh, very much like her in terms of being a patriot and uh, and part of that next generation. He's a graduate of Patriot Academy as well. And I uh, just wanted to want, want you to know there's a, a lot of good things happening. I know you see a lot of the bad, but there's a lot of good happening as well, and that remnant is being raised up. Stay with us, folks. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back on AFA at the Core. Too busy to catch your favorite shows on the radio? Have no fear, because the AFR app is here. Download the app to have access to live broadcast, music streaming, as well as each podcast. Whether you're at work, at home, or on the go, 
it's easy to listen to AFR. The AFR app is available not only for Apple and Android users, but also on Amazon Alexa and Roku. Download the AFR app today at AFR.net. AFR programming is now available on Alexa. You're joking, right? Nope, not joking. Seriously? Yep, this is not a drill. Wait a minute, no way. There's a way, the Alexa way. So if you just happen to miss your favorite shows, no worries. You can now listen to each podcast with Alexa. It's simple and it's free. Just visit AFR.net forward slash apps and click Alexa. We're not joking. Preborn celebrates that Roe versus Wade has been overturned. Roe has been responsible for the slaughter of over 63 million babies. Now the decision to abort a child will be left in the hands of the states, and sadly, abortions will continue in the most liberal states. Over the past 16 years, Preborn has positioned their clinics in the top abortion cities where 50% of abortions occur. Preborn's work of saving babies' lives continues at an even greater level as they save babies' lives and defend their centers from the radical hate groups who want to shut them down. Preborn's response is dependent on you, the pro-life community. Be a part of rescuing lives and changing hearts for Christ. $28 sponsors one ultrasound and $140 will help to rescue five babies' lives. Dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby or go to preborn.com. All gifts are tax deductible. This is Bible League International, urging you to support our persecuted brothers and sisters around the world. In the Democratic Republic of the Congo, Pastor Roos's three children were kidnapped and murdered by a terrorist cell that hates Christians. Instead of retaliating, the church shared the gospel with neighboring villages, and would you know it, 200 have come to Christ. Some of those affiliated with that terrorist cell, they're praying for Bibles. And elsewhere, Ephraim's store was destroyed in Cairo, Egypt, by radicals opposing the Christian tracts that he displayed on the counter of his convenience store. He has no money to rebuild, but he has shared the gospel with those who persecuted him, inviting them to Bible studies in his home, and over a hundred have come to Christ in the Middle East. They're praying for Bibles. Our goal is to bless 16,000 Bibleist persecuted believers with their very own copy of God's Word. We're a third of the way there, so at $5 a Bible, $100 since 20 in this season of giving, would you pray about it and then call 800-YES-WORD? 800-YES-WORD, or give it SendBiblesNow.org. SendBiblesNow.org. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core. Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach, with you this afternoon. Thanks again for staying with us. Uh, special thanks to Congresswoman Lauren Boebert for being with us on the last segment. Uh, what a treat and and uh, what, a, what an encouragement. I know you were encouraged just listening to the interview, um, just hearing her heart. And, uh, and, and and the scripture, I mean, it's, it's like I said in the last segment, I mean, it, when, when, when out of the heart the mouth speaks, and so when you are putting God's word in, it comes out. And it's part of the reason we say often, if you really want to save America, if you want to save liberty, if you want to preserve the torture of freedom for your children and grandchildren, the most important thing you can do, more even more so than voting, even more so than recruiting good candidates or having a voter registration drive at your church or all the things that we do, is to be in God's word to actually study God's Word on a daily basis so that you're getting truth, and then you can apply it to the culture and the things around you. It, the Bible speaks to everything. Everything we're dealing with, the answers are there. It's why we call it Biblical Citizenship in Modern America, that course I was talking about in the last segment. Knowing the Bible allows you to be a good citizen. 
if we're studying God's word, we're going to be a better parent. We're going to be a, a, a better um, spouse, a better business leader, uh, a better employee, a better um, neighbor. I mean, all of it. We know that. I mean, think about what Benjamin Franklin, someone who wasn't even a Christian, but understood by watching the result of, of Christianity influencing people, he said that it makes good citizens. And many other founding fathers said the same thing. That if you're teaching the Bible, if the Bible abounds and a lot of people are studying the Bible, then you have a good society. It's vital, folks. It's absolutely essential to having a good society. So we as individuals, it starts with us. We get into God's Word. We study truth. We learn those things. We teach it to our family. We teach it to everybody we can. Uh, we elect people that, that are studying those things. Maybe we run for office, right? Maybe some of you listening right now, it's going to be you. But it, it, it's, it starts with being in God's Word. I know that sounds simple. Sometimes people say it's trite, you know, especially if you grew up in the church like I did, right? I mean, you're always told, read your Bible, read your Bible, read your Bible. And we, we kind of dismiss it because we, we, it, we get desensitized to it. And we forget that that's fire, man. It's gold. It's, it, it's truth. It's right there at our fingertips. So if we're in it, if we're learning it, if we're studying it, everybody around us benefits as a result of that, you know, you know, I'm telling the truth right now. Even right now, in your gut, you're going. You're probably thinking like I am. Yeah, yeah. I know those days where I'm not in God's word. I'm not as good a man. I, I, I'm not as good as a, a husband, a father, a son. I'm not as good of, a, of an employer when I'm not in God's word. And so uh, maybe, maybe we all need a little bit of a an encouragement in that. I'm not trying to put you on a guilt trip, but just say that if if you want to be a good citizen, if you want to help save America, most important thing is to be in God's word. And I just think Lauren's interview, and uh, every time I'm around her, I hear her speak. It reminds me of that because she does, um, you know, it, it just it, it exudes uh, the truth that comes from, from God's Word, and I, I love that. So a great reminder for all of us. Let's all do that no matter what your job is, no matter what your role, no matter what you, um, you know, spend your time 9 to 5 or whatever your career is doing. Being in God's Word is going to make you better at it, more effective at it. You're going to be more of a blessing to other people. And then, of course, I'll say it for the 14,000th time, it makes us better citizens. And I want you to be a better citizen, just like you should want me to be a better citizen uh, for, for our kids, for our grandkids. And so speaking of the young people coming up, I mentioned in the last segment that we'd have another interview in this segment, another um, patriot that has been elected to public office, hopefully an encouragement to you, even if you don't live in West Virginia. The fact that um, we're electing good patriots across the nation should encourage you and, uh, and, and, and should make you willing to get involved and host a biblical citizenship class or, or send a, a young person to our Patriot Academy Leadership Congress or whatever other program you can get them in to prepare them for leadership because you just never know. And we're not saying you've got to be in politics to make a difference. Please don't hear me wrong on that. Most of the graduates of Patriot Academy do not go into politics full time. They're always involved from now on. They're always a good citizen. They always volunteer, that sort of thing. But most of them go into business or the pulpit or, are, are, you know, full-time raising a family or, you know, whatever other part of the culture uh, they get involved in, but they're still a good citizen. But some of them do end up running for office, and some of them end up running a lot sooner than I usually recommend for them to run. And, uh, you know, I mentioned Lauren Boebert being one of our graduates. I've talked about uh, Juan Siscomani, who who also is uh, going to be a new member of Congress. And uh, and then Elias Coop Gonzalez. He was just elected in West Virginia as a delegate there to their assembly. And he is a Patriot Academy graduate and someone I'm really excited to have on the program. Uh, 20 years old and headed in. Not, not, not a totally new thing for West Virginia. I think there was an 18-year-old that won a few years ago. And um, I think it's great seeing the, the next generation stepping up. So, uh, Elias, God bless you, brother, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for taking some time, coming on the program. Share a little bit with us. Yep. Well, thanks for having me, Rick. Well, I, um, you, uh, 
you, you, you're 20 and you were asked to run. You didn't. You weren't the one that said, mm-hmm. hey, I want to run. They came to you and said, which is kind of what happened to me when I was 26. They were like, hey, it's a good time in your life to, to do this. You should run. And I was like, wait a minute. I don't know. And uh, how'd they convince you to, <laughs> it's time? Yeah. Well, it, it all just kind of came together uh, perfectly, and that's really why, you know, it was really God's timing, and that's why I give him, uh, you know, credit for this victory. He's the one that, that put me in the position uh, to run and to win. And uh, he guided me all throughout the way, and he put the right people uh, there in my, in my path. Even well before I ran, or you know, even knew that I was going to run, people like you, uh, people like Alex Mooney, our, our congressman in, in California, people like Warren Blackwell. But uh, when I when I came back to uh, West Virginia, I was I was visiting a little bit. I was working part time in in Virginia and uh, taking classes online. But the local Republican Party told me that no one was going to file to run against this leftist. No one. This guy had been in there for four years. And I got, you know, pretty upset. I, I got genuinely righteously angry about the fact that no one was going to stand up to this guy and, and run. And he was basically get, he was just going to be able to vote himself in and continue to support terrible policies and, uh, you know, pressure uh, schools to teach things uh, that they shouldn't be teaching, uh, you know, telling students uh, what to think instead of how to think. And so, and, and he wasn't a—this yeah. uh, was not an unknown quantity. I mean, in, in other words, he's mm-hmm. had four years in the legislature of voting for that kind of stuff, crazy stuff, CRT, oh, yeah. everything. Yeah, crazy stuff. Yeah, I mean, he, he supported an amendment which was open-ended and would have allowed a mor- abortion until the ninth month. Uh, he was in favor of critical race theory. He was in favor of men and women's sports. And, uh, you know, just given how radical he is, I knew that I could win against him if I ran a proper campaign. So I, I, instead of looking around and, you know, um, being upset at everyone else for not running, I realized, well, how could I have someone else to do something that I'm not willing to do myself? You know, why am I angry at everyone else for not standing up? You know, I'm not standing up myself. So I went ahead and I, I got the papers from the Secretary of State. I, I filed the paperwork. And then at that moment, I, I didn't really know uh, exactly where to start, but I had just good people. Uh, who surrounded me and, and guided me, and, and uh, I worked hard through the primary. It was unopposed, and you know, thankfully, I was able to dedicate all that time just to the general election, and yeah, we won. Man, so I, I love the attitude, though. It's like it's the old thing about if you know, if, if not you, then who? And uh, and you looked around, nobody else is doing it. So instead of just complaining, hey, let's step up and and uh, and take care of business. Um, when you went into it, I mean, I know every time I talked to you throughout the campaign, you seemed totally at peace. So you weren't you weren't stressed about it. It was like, you know, I'm gonna do the right thing. If I win, I win. If I if I don't, I don't. Uh, you seem to see it as a as a you know just doing your duty and leaving the results up to God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really. I I had sort of a it is what it is attitude, and uh, you know I, I do. I sincerely believe that the duty is ours and the results are God's. That's a, I, I believe that's a quote from John Adams. Am I correct? John Quincy Adams, yes. John Quincy Adams, okay, so his son. Uh, but I, I learned that uh, quote from Warren Blackwell. Um, he's got, I don't know if, if you read uh, his 45 Laws of the Public Policy Process. Highly recommend anyone who who is involved in politics at any level, whether they're an elected official or they work for an elected official, um, or you know if, if you... Uh, support uh, certain groups that are involved in that area. Read the 45 laws of the public policy process. Man, I had them hanging on my wall for 30 years. No kidding you. 
I went to Leadership wow. Institute when I was uh, younger than you, man. I was 19, and uh, and and absolutely, yeah. So I just echoing what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you could get them for five bucks or something on Leadership Institute's website. They don't make any profit off of it, but uh, just very valuable tidbits of wisdom, and and they'll carry you through yeah. the tough times. Yeah, man. So what now? You uh, you you're uh, I guess what do they say? Representative elect at this point. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so you got a, a, about a month and a half or so to prepare. Uh, what, what do you what do you do in the meantime, and, and what are you um, aiming for in the session? What's kind of your your personal goal for your first session? Sure. Well, for me personally, I'm still going to continue building on on the foundation that you know, help Patriot Academy helped uh, uh, give me of you know biblical citizenship and, and understanding the Constitution and applying it correctly uh, in the 21st century. Uh, but I'm also going to look more deeply into the technical aspects of my job, the rules, uh, the history, the things like that, and then just network with the other people who are very liberty-minded and, and freedom-oriented and really care about this country and want to make meaningful change. Our governor, um, he has already announced, I don't know the exact details yet, but he's announced that he wants to put forth legislation to lower the income tax with the overall objective of getting rid of it entirely. And that's something I'm particularly very excited about. Um, and then, of course, my number one priority, though, is I want to protect life uh, in, every, in every way that I can. Uh, I was endorsed by West Virginians for Life, and that's something that's uh, very near and dear to me and I care about. Um, so those are those are the main things. Love it, man. That's good, good priorities. Uh, we're expecting, uh, you know, just for God to bless you and give you favor in the session and and with your colleagues and building the right relationships it's you know elections are are, are difficult governing is even harder and uh mm-hmm. i think you've got the right uh you know temperature for it and and god's just really blessed you with the leadership skills necessary to be effective in that arena so super excited for you bro uh, and and thank you for coming this summer and helping at patriot academy to mentor that next group that was coming up even while you were in the middle of your campaign that that meant a lot to me i, I just i really appreciate it and um Man, excited to, to see what happens in West Virginia. I, I think there's a lot of good stuff that can come out of there for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was my honor to come back to Patriot Academy again. I'll come back anytime. And and by the way, great job at the big uh, dinner the other night. Uh, you were a hit. You and the other graduates, we had four of y'all on, on stage, and I don't know how many people told me afterwards that, you know, Rick, you should have just shut up and let them have the rest of the night. They were amazing. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it was such a blessing to hear y'all and uh, – Anyway, it was, we're going to nickname y'all the Fab Four. I think it was uh, it was a great <laughs> it was a great it was a great night, bro. Well, God bless you, man, and uh, just know our audience is praying for you, lifting you up, and and uh, just praying for favor. But uh, look forward to having you back in, in the middle of the session. Maybe come give us a update on what's going on there. All right, sure. Well, we appreciate it. That was Elias Coop Gonzalez, new delegate in West Virginia, elected uh, right right here in this midterm election that a lot of people were depressed about. Said, you know, we didn't get the red wave, we didn't get the tsunami, all that good stuff, so it's all over, grab your guns and canned food, go hide out at the ranch. Listen, folks, you can't do that. I mean, even if we won everything, that's the other problem. If we had had these massive victories, then too many people would have said, oh, oh it's done, work's over, you know, we can go home and not have to worry about it anymore. It's Listen, you want freedom? It's hard work. You want your kids to live in liberty? It's hard work. And it never stops. Okay? Never, ever does it stop. The price of freedom is eternal vigilance. It doesn't stop this side of heaven anyway. Now listen, when the Lord returns and and, and, and we don't have to worry about all this stuff anymore, that'll be great. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. But I I don't know when that's going to be. You don't know when that's going to be. He said no one knows when that's going to be. So we're supposed to occupy until he returns. 
And to do that, that doesn't mean uh, occupy uh, you know once until they return. No, we're supposed to be doing this all the time. It never, ever stops. So I, I, I don't care if we had lost everything on election night or won everything on election night. The next day, well, too often nowadays it's the next month. Maybe you know who all won. But when, when that election's over, you turn around and go, okay, time to, time to say what's next. And I've said this a few times. It's kind of like we're in the off season at this point, at least for a few months. And so that's that's your chance to go back to spring training. That's your that's your chance to go back to the basics. And so this is a great opportunity as that the 2022 elections are winding down for the most part. I mean, we we still don't know what's going to happen in Arizona, and there's some other things still out there. Uh, still, you know, serious uh, race for Speaker of the House and in, in, in Congress and all that stuff. So there's still some of that stuff going on. But for most of us, uh, the, the the time that we were putting into campaigns and that has has, has come to a, a stop, at least a pause for a while. So what a great time, what a great opportunity to do some spring training. And what I mean by that is what George Mason said all the way back in, uh, in uh, the founding era. And uh, it's actually in the Virginia Declaration of Rights. But it's a fundamental, uh, if we don't have a, a return to fundamental principles, then we're not going to be allowed to have freedom. He said, no free government nor the blessings of liberty can be preserved to any people but by a frequent recurrence to fundamental principles. So if you want freedom, if you want liberty, if you want the blessings of liberty, then you got to have a frequent recurrence to fundamental principles. That means we have to constantly study. We have to constantly go back and say what works, what doesn't work. We have to say what's my job. We have to say how, how can I help preserve liberty. And if I'm going to help preserve liberty, i got to know what produces liberty. And that's what Mason was talking about. What are the inputs into the equation that will give you the outputs of liberty and freedom and prosperity and abundance and all the things that we want for our culture and our society. Well, that's what we teach at Patriot Academy. So all these graduates you've heard from today, Lauren Boebert and Elias Coop gonzalez and others that, that we'll have in coming weeks, these are, these are people that have gone through these programs to learn good civics, learn a biblical perspective, and learn how to win, learn how to be effective. We run the race to win. Colossians, everything we do, we do the best that we can as unto God, not unto men. And that's what we teach at Patriot Academy. How do you learn how to be a good citizen and win the culture back? So I hope you'll check out our Biblical Citizenship in Modern America course. I hope you'll become a coach. It's free. You don't have to be an expert. You don't have to know anything. We will train you. You become the lead learner. It's all free for you, for your students. Invite them over to your house, to your church. But we need more of it, folks. We've got to get more people. In fact, we're, we're shooting for 5 million people to go through these courses before the next presidential election. And you can be part of helping us make that happen. I sure appreciate you listening today. My name is Rick Green. I'm a former Texas legislator and America's Constitution coach, but I love hosting this program, and I appreciate you listening to this program. You've been listening to AFA at the Core. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio. Faith. Family. Freedom. American Family Radio.